a doctor in the house. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. It's that time of the week again. Advanced Medicine next hour with Robert Scott Bell Show. And uh, Dr. Vitar, anything exciting happen over the weekend for you? Did you go out to see the kids? Anything uh, of, of fun variety in your life? Want to make sure the spice of life is still happening for you? Actually, I got to spend the weekend with both of my sons, so it was, it was a good weekend from that perspective, yeah. Awesome. Well, great. Yeah, I, I went out to uh, the range with my son, and we got to shoot all kinds of crazy things because... Uh, you know, once uh, or twice a year, they have this big event where all these vendors come together, and you can you can shoot on the open outdoor range anything you want, like fully automatic stuff and and flamethrowers. You're talking about. I felt like uh, Tim the Tool Time Taylor. You feel real. You know, all the masculinity comes out, and everybody had a good time though. Nobody got shot. That's that's a good thing. <laughs> You know, that's the amazing thing about, you know, if you if you if you really respect firearms like the folks that do and they go to these events, there's not a lot of screw ups going on around there. People really respect. I mean, there are people fully armed everywhere you look and there, people are enjoying families are there. Kids are there. And it's like people freak out about that stuff. But if you can handle like raising kids and teaching them about safety, uh, stupid stuff's not typically going to happen. Well, generally speaking, you know, it's. It's just having a high deal, a high level of respect for weapons, understanding that you never point anything unless you're planning on shooting it. And it's, and it's basic common sense stuff, and you just get the children used to that. It's, it's uh, automated. You, you can't, even like with my kids, if they point um, a Nerf gun or something, I get very angry at them. I said, you don't, it's just a Nerf gun, Dad. I said, you don't point it. If you don't point it yep. at somebody's face. You know, you just don't do that. So it's just getting the habit and the routine and making sure that it's automated and you don't even think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. I think even the toys, the desensitization, if you will, of the danger, because once you get a, a real firearm and you don't recognize the distinction or difference, that's a recipe for disaster. Uh, so that's what we do here on Advanced Medicine, though, is, is pr- give you the recipe for success, for healing, for empowerment. Unlike um, the people in our first story, and no, not the ones that are using uh, those uh, air dryers in the public restrooms, which now we know are purveyors of poop, stay away from them, use paper towels, and you'll be fine. But there's a story here on Natural News saying, la, 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 willfully ignoring facts about our health allows us to avoid taking responsibility for our lives. Now, isn't that the story of the Western world that has adopted modern medicine as a religion? I can live however I want. It doesn't matter what I eat. I'll just go in. The doc will give me a pill, and I can carry on the way I was before. Yeah, unfortunately, that's exactly the mentation, and um, you and I both know that it just doesn't work that way. No, the ignorance is not bliss in this case, and of course, then you get the people that are crying that we can't afford health insurance, it's too expensive. It's like, well, you don't have health insurance even if you could afford it. It is disease management insurance, and everything that they do to manage your disease, in fact, can create 10 other diseases. So this idea that you can live however you want and at the last moment be saved by you know, a medical deity, whether his name is Jesus or whatever you call your doctor, 
The point is that's plain ignorant. It's plain infantile. It's plain immature. And the doctors who would promote that idea also are profiting off of ignorance, willful, purposeful ignorance in this case, when people choose to put the cotton from the pill bottles in their ears or just sing la, la, la and go about their business. Yeah. I mean, you're very, you know, you're very right about this, Robert. And it's unfortunate, but people just need to start taking more. Did we lose Dr. Batar right there? Cliffhanger moment. Go ahead and get him, Mackenzie. And Super Don, what was that mm-hmm. article we covered? Uh, was it a few days ago or was it even yesterday? Uh, that the, it was uh, the big, uh, what was the big, everybody hates it, uh, Goldman Sachs. The Goldman Sachs guy. Remember what he said? Right. He said something like, uh, you know, if you're actually in the business of curing disease, that's not good for business, right? It's not a sustainable business model. Not a sustainable business model. No. So, you know, it, we, we build that into doctors promoting management of symptoms that end up creating 5, 10, 20 other symptoms. By the time you reach 50, you're on 5, 10, 15 different drugs, unless you're my mom at 84 on zero. And, you, you know, it's like, how do you want to die? How many medications do you want in you to degrade you to the point where you don't even know you're alive anymore? And, I, you know, I just, I'm just not for that level of ignorance. I mean, I understand ignorance, but willful? You now know the difference? Why do people choose? This is a, maybe an existential question. Why would people choose to live that way? And I don't know, Super Don, maybe you have some insight in it until we get Dr. Batar on. I'm curious. I'm here, Robert. Oh, Dr. Batar, yeah, answer that question. Why? Why would people choose that? Um, so I apologize for that. I don't know what happened to the phone. But, yeah, I, I don't know why people would choose that either. Um, but, you know, sometimes there is that thing when, when we feel when um, people are when people are down and they're thinking, well, what's the point? What's the point? What, what, why, why am I even making this effort? And I think that's what we have to start understanding is that no matter what happens, no matter how tough things go, uh, become you need to never quit it's always moving forward and le- choosing to live your life in that manner and choosing not to take personal responsibility and choosing to um, be passive rather than taking an active role in life um, it's like a spiral and it starts feeding upon itself and i think that like we were talking about the habit of automation of making sure that you don't point a weapon at somebody even if it's just a play gun it's the same thing here it's getting into a routine and getting into a habit of um, taking personal responsibility and understanding that no matter what happens, even if it was somebody else's fault, you take the responsibility and you say, you know, I played a role in this. No- nothing happens in a vacuum. Everything happens. It's, it's a dynamic process. And, mm-hmm. and then choosing to live your life in a responsible manner and making your, you know, choosing to make the life that you want to live, making mm-hmm. that a reality. And, it may not always work out the way you expected or wanted, but you, you still move forward. We, we've had generations now that have been disempowered. Now, we know it takes two to be disempowered, right? It, but there is a lot of emphasis on it's not under your control. It's a genetic thing. Your parents, there's not much you can do. And then, of course, the placation toward diet, the claims that, oh, well, you, you eat better, but they, it's never really defined when it comes to you know, those broad news reports, occasionally they'll have a specific thing. But I, I think a large part of this is that it's built in, I don't, it's not technically built into the human genome, but the programming has been so complete over the 20th to 21st century. With all our wondrous advancements in modern medicine and technology will save us, 
you know, the people that go organic, they're being criticized as having some kind of psychiatric disorder. Yep, yep, that's true. And again, you know, it's it's a choice, Robert. It comes down to a choice. It comes down to a choice of how we live our lives. It comes down to a choice of who we choose to associate with. It comes down to a choice of of the. It comes down to a choice of all the um, various stimuli we allow to stimulate us and to reorient us in whichever way we're going to move in life and. I think that people don't recognize the importance of the association of others that they keep, meaning the, the you know who do you associate with? And I think there was some article that was published in a in a success journal. I think it was maybe in Success Magazine, and it said that the five people that you associate the most with will determine your outcome in life. So if you're hanging out with others, uh, like I think this is a part of with the medical community, you know that everybody hangs around with. You hang out with the rest of your peers, and if all your peers think one way, then chances are you're going to think the same way. Mm-hmm. And what's that old saying? Birds of a feather will flock together type of thing, right? Right. And yeah. so, again, who we choose to associate with will also determine whether we're going to take personal responsibility for the decisions that we make and the choices. And I'm sure the people that are listening going, oh, what the hell does that mean? You know, <laughs> my personal choice to yeah. be in this situation or get fired mm-hmm. from my job or to, you know, it's not, it's not, uh, it's, it's not. You're going deep with this. You're going deep with this. Well, it's it's a it's a difficult topic sometimes to talk about, but you know, really, um, the problem is that when you think that you're, you know, it wasn't when when you choose to not take responsibility, you're choosing to become a victim. You're choosing to mm-hmm. become vulnerable to that victim mentality, and that's really where the chronic diseases, especially cancer, set up. Sure. I, I mean, you know, to take this leap, people would say I'm crazy, but this is really where it starts. Mm-hmm. It's how you think and and what you believe, and if you choose not to become a victim. No matter how bad it gets, and I mean, sometimes it gets really bad, and I'll tell you, you know, it's hard. I mean, I'm, I've been there in those points, and I'm sure you have too, and pretty yeah. much everybody on the planet has. But you choose to be, you choose to be responsible because if you don't choose to be responsible, you don't choose to take responsibility. By definition, you are now taking on the victim mentality. You know, poor me, this happened to me. I have no control over it. Blah 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 blah. Hey, Doctor uh, Batar, you're you're statement about you know the influencers in your life i think about my mom used to say tell me who your friends are i'll tell you who you are right and and you know you surround yourself with people that might be uplifting or might be draining for you or might have a you know a completely radically different uh belief system and we've talked about family members sometimes we'd have to cleave from them because they're so destructive not because they want to be or overtly consciously but they have a belief system that is not supportive of your journey so sometimes we have to, you know, make tough decisions to say, you know what, if I'm going to survive this, I've got to cut off a contact with certain people in our lives. Yeah, that's a really powerful statement that they don't support you on your journey. You know, and that's really what it comes down to because life is a journey, it's not a destination. And so by us choosing those that are going to support us during our journey, through our journey, um, it's an important, that's an important choice to make. You know, oh, yeah. you have... You have high school friends, and if they were all involved with uh, drinking alcohol while they're underage, well, and it, it, that's not going to necessarily forebode well for you in the future. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with drinking. I don't drink. I, you know, change of formaldehyde when you consume alcohol, et cetera, et cetera. We know what that's does to the liver, but forget about all those judgment things and forget mm-hmm. about the medical physiological things. If somebody wants to drink, that's their choice. But what I'm saying is that if you're drinking under age, we know what it does to the brain cells, et cetera, et cetera. And if you're, all your friends are drinking, it by def, 
probably, statistically speaking, you're going to be more likely to be drinking yourself. And so to make that choice that, okay, I'm not going to associate with those friends anymore, that is a choice. It's a difficult choice, but it's a choice. And once you make those type of choices and you start getting the habit of making the right choices, you won't, be, you won't have that victim mentality. Yeah, very, very well said. Dr. Rasha Bittar here with us doing advanced medicine. Go to advancedmedicine.com. For many years, you've been able to access the archives through medicalrewind.com. That's still available as well. And the show notes and all the links that we're talking about at robertscottbell.com. We're going to be answering some more questions from the audience on this break. Stick with us. The Robert Scott Bell Show. In all my years of radio, I've never seen anything like this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. All right, we talked about willful ignorance in the opening segment with Dr. Batar here on Advanced Medicine. What about uh, willful stimulants, right? I think this number is, well, I guess maybe it's accurate in terms of, it says 16 million U.S. adults are on prescription stimulants. But if you add into the mix the people that can't get by a day without some kind of coffee stimulant, Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, say no more, Super Don. Oh, uh, stop. <laughs> sorry, God, I got to pick on Super Don a little bit. But 16 million people on prescription stimulants? I mean, wouldn't coffee be enough? What's going on, Dr. Batar? Um, I had no idea it was that high, but that's, that's just ridiculous. But then I guess it probably would be very similar. Those numbers are probably very similar to pretty much any any kind of condition, right? You're talking about... How many people are on antidepressants? How many people are taking uh, medication for joint stiffness? How many people are taking, um, you know, w- whatever? You just fill in the blank, whatever kind of condition. Yeah. And it's probably the numbers are exorbitant. Uh, well, I mean, are they talking I, methamphetamines here? I mean, this is some pr- pretty serious stuff if you're on serious prescription stimulants. I mean, we're do- talk- talking like a cup of coffee or 10. I mean, although 10 would be pretty bad. But, I mean, this also, what does it say about doctors willing to do this? I don't know all the circumstances, but, my gosh, wouldn't there be a questioning of the patient? What are you doing that you need this to keep going? Well, that's the problem. See, it's, again, the herd mentality. If it's considered, quote, you know, I'm saying this in quotes, mm-hmm. standard of care, if they've gotten kind of like everybody accepts that, then, hey, it's the standard of care. It doesn't matter whether it's wrong or right or up or down or left or it doesn't matter. It's standard of care. So it's like the vaccines. You know, it's standard of care. Let's just give them more. So once they've got that backing that is a standard of care and everybody else is doing it, then it's okay. It's not considered insane anymore. You just keep on doing it. And for the doctor, it's a solution mm-hmm. to a problem. The patient comes in. They've got this problem. Boom. Give them a prescription. You're done. That patient's out. You've buffed and turfed them. They're out of the door. Next. You know, I'm, I'm reading about this, and it says half of the respondents, 56.3%, said they use prescription stimulants for cognitive enhancement, for, to be alert or concentrate. So doctors are actually saying, you want this to do what? Oh, sure, here, let me write you that. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm at a loss a little bit. I mean, I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but I'm looking at this, I'm going, really, 53% of these prescriptions are going for people who are, you know, they don't, well, they just want to be able to concentrate. Can you give me that drug so I can concentrate a little bit well, better? That, that, that's literally what to say. You know, I don't write these kind of drugs, but there is a chiropractor that's been coming to me for years, and that's, that's 
one of the things he needs from me. I mean, it's like one of two people that I write that medication for, but he's been on it for so many years. Yeah. And, you, you, you know, do you think there's a dependency up. on it oh, in this case? Oh, without a doubt. It's highly, highly, highly addictive. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. no doubt. No doubt. Yeah, it's an irony of, uh, that a doctor of chiropractic would be ending up in that way. That's a pretty much a non-drug therapy, and he's depending on it to keep on going. What I, You know, listen, folks, ask your chiropractor if he's high on methamphetamines before you go to him or her. <laughs> because they might not be paying good, attention to what a, they learn. He's a very good, he's a very good chiropractor, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it's, that's the problem. People start in some of these things. It's, it's no different than somebody who gets um, prescribed a narcotic after a surgery and mm-hmm. becomes addicted to it because the doctor wasn't responsible in how they prescribed it. Yeah, so this guy, this chiropractor, had been on it for I don't know eight years. Wow! And the doc- before he came to me, and, and his um, previous doctor was retiring and. So, you know, I, I told him I'd help him out, and but we'd have to kind of wean him off. And, you know, when I've taken him off or weaned him off, he's just had a lot of problems. So Wow. I wonder, you know, if we look at some of the herbs that are adaptogenic. But, I mean, that's a special case when you've been on them that long. You'd have to almost handhold them to get them through this because there's a lot that's involved in the biochemistry at that point. Mm-hmm. What a mess, sure. folks. Listen, drink more water. Exercise more. If you need to support your adrenals, we've got homeopathic remedies to do it. There are adaptogenic herbs that can do it. There's so many other ways uh, to hope, you know, and again, those of you who love coffee like Super Don, you know, go with that, but don't do it intravenously. The coffee doesn't Haven't, the coffee haven't figured out how to do that yet. I'm working Super on Don it. would if we yeah. let him, if he figured out a way, <laughs> Dr. Batar. That would be interesting, huh? Yeah, it's like, Super Don, you're done with the notes at 6 in the morning. What happened? Oh, I found out how to IV my coffee. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, my gosh. No, no, no. Don't go there, folks. Don't go there. Listen, we got a lot more advanced medicine coming up. In fact, I want to talk to Dr. Batar in the next segment coming up about cancer, but in a different way because there's an article about two forms of dietary or supplemental iron. We've talked about the risk of the wrong form of iron actually contributing to cancer. We've had experts on here talking about the oxidation of iron creating problems, but specifically linked to cancer. Let's find out about that and a whole lot more. Stick with us here. Go to robertscottbell.com, advancedmedicine.com, and you'll be in the know when it comes to that advanced medicine that can turn your life around and bring that power to heal back to each and every one of you where it belongs. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Robert Scott Bell Show. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Rocking the health world through the power of radio. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. All right, two hours today, six days a week, but uh, one special hour a week. We have Dr. Rasha Batar on with us. It's called Advanced Medicine. Typically on a Monday, those of you listen live later on, it's on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, UK Health Radio. Hello to our friends in Great Britain, SoundCloud, and YouTube when we do our simulcast, which is awesome. And first heard immediately on GCN, GCNlive.com, our syndicator and radio. And uh, after the show, it's available there right away, pretty much. Now, uh, Dr. Batar, you know, we've talked a lot about chelation therapy. One of the things is called EDTA. We've got an article here, and we've had some questions about, uh, obviously, detoxification of heavy metals. But this could be the opposite. Could we be putting metals, including iron, which we know is a essential element, iron, you know, in the blood and other areas, but 
it can really quickly achieve toxicity, especially in the absence of copper. Copper iron uh, is critical to balance it out so it's utilized properly and safely. But I guess I didn't realize how much iron is being used in terms of preservatives in a, or as supplemental forms. They call this ferric EDTA or uh, was it ferric citrate? I'm trying to see all of the things listed in here. Creating something that is contributing to actual cancer or cancer cell proliferation. Well, Robert, um, this comes back to some very old research that was done more than 20 years ago where the normal level of iron, when you look at the patient population, the normal reference range of iron is actually associated with uh, colon cancer, and actually you want to have a lower end on the reference range of iron in your patient population, uh, which has a which is a healthier level. So basically what they've done is what's considered to be the normal reference range of iron, everybody's iron overloaded because of the consumption of meat in our society. So they're mo- we, we're, as a society, overburdened, at least in Western society, overburdened with meat, uh, overburdened with iron. And so our normal reference range is actually skewed to being higher. So the studies that have been done, and this is, like I said, 20, 25 years ago, uh, showed that there was a correlation with normal levels of iron. And actually, that's one reason I like to have my patients with a low level of iron. So when we chelate, the iron levels drop anyway. This is one of the reasons for bloodletting or donating blood. You know, you, you, you keep your iron levels down, et cetera, et cetera, and get the turn of mm-hmm. the red blood cells that have a lifespan of 120 days. So that's, that's one of the, one of the um, premises of uh, age management is to donate blood to keep your iron levels down. Women have it naturally occurring once a month, so for men it's, it's a little yeah, bit Yeah, they tend problem. to lose it. But also, what about levels? When you talk about, because you, you, know, you know better than anybody in terms of testing for metals in the body, how the tests can be deceptive, right? You can have it yeah. low in the blood but high in other tissues or vice versa, depending on other minerals and cofactors that are there, allowing it to be metabolized, carried. You know, it's, it's, a, it's more complex than just one area. So that's, that's very true. Um, if we're specific to this article, they're talking about ferric citrate and ferric EDTA. So the one thing that is important for the listeners to understand is when we talk about ferric, ferric is the, it's a trivalent form of uh, iron, which is um, it's basically Fe3+. So Fe is the uh, atomic table's symbol for iron, and then 3+, it's a trivalent component of iron, as opposed to ferrous, um, which is uh, a divalent or 2-plus. Uh, form of iron. So the one that's found in the human body, the one that's found in proteins is ferric. So you want to have the ferric type. Now, what they've got here, ferric citrate or ferric EDTA, it's the iron molecule bound with something else. For them to say the ferric citrate and ferric EDTA are carcinogenic is absurd. If they want to talk about iron levels themselves, I would probably be open and receptive and concur. But the fact that they're saying specifically ferric citrate and ferric EDTA, these are probably more the natural forms of iron that you would find in a health food store. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a propaganda piece. Um, and here's why I say that. EDTA is a natural chelator. So EDTA is going to bind to the iron anyway. It doesn't make any sense to give iron EDTA because it's going to be bound to the EDTA and this should be excreted through the gastrointestinal system. Um, uh, ferric citrate, you know, this reminds me of the benzoic acid uh, dilemma. So when they used to have benzoic acid in juices, right, some of these mm-hmm. um, com- compound juices with the mangosteen and uh, acai and some of these other things, and these companies uh, would use benzoic acid inside uh, their bottles as a natural preservative. And the people that were 
going after these companies or trying to create a problem for these companies. And this was like a network, a couple of network marketing companies. I think uh, Zymogen was one. No, I'm sorry, um, uh, Zymo was a drink, and then there's a Monavi drink. There's a couple of different companies that had these drinks. Mm-hmm. And um, they were talking about the benzoic acid, saying, oh, benzoic acid, you know, it causes cancer and blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Well, here's the problem. Benzoic acid inside um, a Petri dish um, can be, okay, so they, they, it was forming a benzene ring. That's what they were saying, that benzoic acid in the presence of vitamin C in a Petri dish will cause, will create the formation of benzene rings, and benzene can be associated with cancer. It's carcinogenic. Right. The only problem is cherries are very high in benzoic acid, and they have vitamin C, and they have benzoic acid, but there's no benzenes in cherries, right? And there's other types of fruits that also have um, a benzoic acid and vitamin C within them, but they don't have benzenes. But in a Petri dish, when you form that, it did form the benzene ring. So it, it's, again, this in vivo versus in vitro. Yeah, it's uh, not always the same. Exactly. It's not the same. No. And so, you, so to say that ferric citrate and ferric EDTA uh, have an association with carcinogenesis, I think mm-hmm. is a... Uh, is not a fair statement, and they talk about a certain form, um, a, a propensity for a formation of a certain component here uh, called a formation of amphiregulin, a known cancer marker most associated with the long-term, with long-term cancer with prognosis. So we know that most cancer markers, the traditional cancer markers, you know, like PSA and mm-hmm. C125, you know, some of these other ones, they're just not reliable markers anyway. So ferric citrate and ferric EDTA might be carcinogenic. They wouldn't be any more carcinogenic than any form of iron being given. Uh, certainly the citrate and the EDTA would be, in my opinion, safer than any other form of iron. So, Well, and, and you would, uh, as you, I think you intimated, that high levels of iron can be problematic. In fact, are, are problematic, known to be as, as well. And uh, I, I would agree that most people who are diagnosed, I don't know if, if say most, but a lot of people who are diagnosed anemic may not actually be because... Again, they might lack the copper to metabolize properly and, you know, transit the iron where it needs to go throughout the body. Yeah, so we, we use a form of uh, iron supplementation that has a bunch of other things with it to make sure that they've got what they need for proper metabolism. So it's not necessarily always just the iron, but it may be some of the support things that you're talking about, some of the cofactors mm-hmm. uh, that are necessary. But to remember, citrate, uh, citrate and uh, EDTA, ethylene diamine tetracetic acid, these are two. EDTA is, is by definition, it's a chelator, and by definition, it's inert. And mm-hmm. I'm not even sure why you'd give an iron supplement with EDTA because it would be bound to the EDTA, so it really wouldn't be biologically active, or if it is, it's going to be significantly reducing its bioavailability. Should be moving on right through, hopefully. Well, here we got, yeah. we got a question from Officer Hayes on the YouTube, and he says he's trying to draw out heavy metals from kids by giving them what they call detox baths, using bentonite clay, uh, diatomaceous earth, and bath water. Is that enough? So far, three months, one child's eczema has cleared up. So I was kind of asking this on the break, a sense of how do you determine when you need to go further, like the intravenous or or transdermal or different ways that we can aggressively go after? I mean, is it a matter of of challenging the body, as you've done with these challenge tests, to release or relinquish, or is it a matter of, hey, look at the symptoms in this child. Can we uh, pretty much assume over the course of how many years you've been doing this that if we see certain things happening, there's likely to be serious heavy metal burdens that can't be just removed via uh, taking detox baths. Right, so that's a good question, and I would say that it really is uh, based upon functionality. If a child is normal, neurotypic, you know, everything's fine, neurologically developing, um, then probably the diametaceous earth, the bentonite clay baths, and 
any of these things would probably be just fine. If you're dealing with a child that's um, developmentally delayed, they have metals that you know they're non-excretors. Uh, more than likely, you're going to need more treatment than just bentonite clay or what damnitious earth is going to be mm-hmm. able to do for you. And that's where right. I'd, I'd go. I I don't think it's necessary to chelate a neurotypic child because their body is naturally eliminating the the toxins. I think that as we start aging, you know, once you're in your 30s, 40s, and go beyond that, um, like I haven't done much chelation. I've only had two chelators this whole year. Last year, I probably only had two treatments. Um, but, you know, I also done like close to 600 treatments in, in years past within like three or four years. So um, I think that at a certain point, as we have been on this planet longer, we need to probably consider eliminating the metal load from a chronic standpoint basis because we've, we've been exposed for a long term. The longer we're on this planet, the more we're exposed. Um, but from a child's perspective to do that, uh, to do IV chelation, yes, if the child's developmentally delayed, then by definition they're going to be non-excreters, and then I would certainly go with the big guns. Mm-hmm. Um, if they don't have any type of developmental delay and they're, they're neurotypic, then, you you know, it's just a maintenance type thing. They're, they're excreting on their own, and uh, bentonite clay, diametaceous earth, and those type of things will be fine. So, yeah, that's a pretty clear distinction. I, I'm glad you clarified that. Um, and, and, you know, we talk about uh, well, the people that didn't want to know that willful ignorance this hour. The, you know, those who are listening to this show or watching this show probably are conscious of the environmental degradation, um, the impact on their health, even if you make better choices. I even talk about it. I mean, you know me and my diet, how strict I am about eating clean food, but I'm not, I'm not a numb nut I can't, that I can't see what's going on around me. That even the food that I don't, is I don't, clean. Super Don said that you were. Super Don did say you were a numb nut. But he did say that when I wasn't yeah, here. He did say that. Yeah, That's probably right. so. All right, go uh, ahead. Ha, ha. Cough, <laughs> coffee up the bum, Super Don. You'll be all better in the morning. <laughs> so uh, what I'm saying is that I still am very consciously aware of bioaccumulation because my, you know, my first 24 years were completely, and I won't say blissfully ignorant, just ignorant and ill. Right, and the transition I made at the age of 24 was to live differently, and I didn't rem- I didn't forget. It didn't go. Oh, now I forgot about all that happened in those first 24 years. That now I go back and eat anything, or even though I'm eating well, ignore the fact that my excretory organs or organs of elimination are going to be challenged as they always are, functionally, dysfunctionally, and I support that. And and you know we have a story coming up uh, about that for our final thing in talking about cancer treatment. But you know this is why I do supplement. This is why I do homeopathic drainage support and herbal liver support, do dandelion tea. I mean, there are strategies that, you know, you don't have to do crazy stuff, stand on your head and do things Super Don won't do, right? You can do things consciously to kind of circumvent some of the known influences, influxes that we have, no matter how good we eat. I think that dietary intake and the difficulties that individuals have to deal with by making sure that eating what's best for them, it's probably the greatest challenge that's out there. And it's difficult. It's so difficult to make sure you're eating the right way and eating the right things because sometimes, you know, we we, are, we say we just want this and we eat it and then we have the aftermath and we're like, why did I do that? So it is a difficult challenge. But I think that if somebody has difficulty eating certain types of foods, look at it as a blessing because it's your body regulating yes. and helping you to. you, you got a signal at least. Those that don't get a signal end up surprised with something devastating, like cancer, for instance. We'll talk about that, a 1 in 7 billion case, apparently, after this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. In all my years of radio, I've never seen anything like this. The Robert Scott Bell Show.
information is so good, it requires no expiration date. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Talking about survival in the city or the country, wherever you are, there are toxins raining down. And that's not to say, oh, I'm never coming out again, Robert. Dr. Batar, help. No, we've got to live our lives. We've got to find a way to, you know, be positive and, and you know, get some joy in, in your life. And don't expect others to deliver it for you. You've got to find it. And, of course, then you can help deliver it to others occasionally. And that helps them. It uplifts them. I'm uplifted when you're uplifted. So, there you go. Tell me who your friends are. I'll tell you who you are. I don't know what that says about me, Dr. Batar. You're my friend. You probably don't want too many people to know that. <laughs> I, do, I know Ty Bollinger says, don't, don't tell anybody. <laughs> yeah. And then, oh, course, my goodness. picture got leaked with you and Ty both kissing me on each cheek. I know. It's, you're busted, yeah. buddy. You cannot yeah. escape now. It's like, uh-oh, I don't think you're allowed to go certain places now. But, uh, no, it was all a good fun. <laughs> good friends. So, uh one in seven billion boy stuns doctors by starting to beat cancer on his own. Now, I read this article, Super Don and I were discussing it earlier, Dr. Batar, and it's a little deceptive because if you look at it, your, your thought would be he's beating cancer on his own. That means there's no medical involvement at all, and he's doing something natural, and he's actually being covered. So they call it one in seven billion because they would never really acknowledge that, yes, people can recover from cancer without oncological intervention. So they say a boy of eight dying of cancer stunned doctors by starting on the road to recovery without any new treatment. And what he's doing, apparently, to, according to his mother, is a milk thistle and alkaline water, which, of course, is going to be purified. So he's hydrating, and he's doing a known botanical benefit for his liver. But what the headline doesn't intimate is that he's also doing chemo, which... Thank God this, this, this mom has got him on something for his liver because we know that chemo can destroy your liver, destroy your healthy cells, and you'll end up dying of the treatment. And this kid's alive, I think, because of what she's doing. I think that you're absolutely right. Um, liver is, the liver is one of the major organs of detoxification, and if you're supporting the liver when somebody's taking things like chemotherapy, you're going to provide a benefit for them, and... Um, I, I can't comment as to you know what what the whole dynamic process is and exactly what he's going through because obviously I don't know all the details. But yes, if if you're going to have to be on chemo and you take anything that's going to improve kidney function and liver function, you're going to be much better off than somebody who is not. Right, which is still frustrating to me. I don't know why it is because I guess I expect too much of doctors to actually read the peer reviewed literature and recognize that. You know, if you take antioxidants and minerals, things like herbs like milk thistle and others that protect your healthy cells and protect your liver, you're actually not protecting the cancer cells. So the chemo has a better success rate in terms of addressing the cells you want it to kill. And, and it's less harmful because those healthy cells you want to protect are better protected. Well, you're, you're assuming the doctors can read uh, studies, and most doctors <laughs> don't read any studies. They're too busy trying to just keep their head above water so they don't read mm -hmm. anything. Yeah, well, again, that is, they, well, how many people they have to hire to deal with paperwork and everything else? And, uh, it, you know, to me, it's not an excuse, it's just a reality. And, you know, I, I would hope that people would think twice. Now, this young boy, again, to acknowledge the story, it says he's had bone marrow transplants, chemo, but it's shocking to be at a mainstream UK newspaper that they're pointing to the milk thistle and the water and the fresh juices as being the miracle here. And I think they're right. Absolutely, yeah. Without a doubt, it's helping him. Let's put it that way. Yeah, so uh, is there any study, because I've not seen it, that says taking antioxidants, minerals, herbs that support liver and kidneys would 
harm, so-called interesting word to say, harm the chemo treatment. Because they're like, we got to protect the chemo from the herbs. Like, wait a second, this is backwards. Yeah, this has been a normal contention among the conventional oncologists that you don't want to be on antioxidants and certain nutritional supplements because then you'll strengthen the cancer cells. And um, it's it's a little bit of an absurd argument and shows the ignorance of the statement because that's the whole reason that the cancer cells became cancer cells. That's the reason they become um, apoptotic and undergo changes that cause uncontrolled cellular proliferation is because of either one, toxicity, or two, nutritional deficiency. I believe usually it's both nutritional deficiency and a toxicity that induces this normal cell to go into a state where the apoptosis is suppressed and the uncontrolled cellular proliferation becomes a norm, and these cells are just trying to survive. And it's no different than a tree. Right before it dies, it rapidly pollinates. Well, that's what a cancer cell is. It was a cancer cell before it became a cancer cell. It was a normal, healthy cell. But then once it is driven to that extreme Mm -hmm. with a nutritional deficiency or toxicity, it starts to go into this rapid proliferative state. And so to say that cancer cells, um, you know, you're going to strengthen the cancer cells, you know, you're just going to make the cancer cells give them nutrition so they can hopefully become normal cells again. Right. Exactly. Folks, read the nine steps to keep the doctor away. I'm holding up for those of you watching on YouTube. Go to robertscoutbell.com and advancedmedicine.com and tell them what they need to know because we got to go. The power to heal is unequivocally yours. The Robert Scott Bell Show. The Robert Scott Bell Show.